Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, and welcome once again to History Dweebs. I am Tim. Welcome to the podcast where we take a lighthearted look at the dark side of history uh, today we got a story. It's entitled An Innocent Man, the Execution of Timothy Evans. Timothy Evans was a uh, man who was convicted of murder. He was convicted of killing his wife and daughter in England uh, in 1950, and he was executed. Turns out that um, he was completely innocent, that he and his wife had lived above a serial killer named of John Christie, and that uh, it was determined later on that Christie was the one who actually committed these murders, and Timothy Evans was uh, executed, um, and it, this eventually led to the abolishment of the capital punishment in England, one of the main reasons. So we're going to talk about Timothy Evans, we're going to talk about John Christie, the serial killer, and it's a pretty messed up story. But before we do, let me introduce our panel. I'm joined, as always, by the very lovely and talented, the queen of mean, the empress of evil, the mistress of the macabre, Satan's dirty little secret, pill pop and penis loving, Brandy. How are you today, Brandy? I'm all right, Timmy. How are you? Well, I'm well. I'm quite well. Well, excellent. I... I've declared martial law here in the studio. How, how's that going for you? It, it, well, we'll see. It's going good. Have you shot anyone yet? Not yet, Timmy, but it's still early. It is. Now. And I think it's a shame that I've had to declare martial law in my own office. Uh, Why did you do that for? Because I, I felt it necessary. You're a little I, there territorial. Was, my staff was have, getting a little too big for their britches. And did you decide to bring them down a notch? I needed to lower the hammer. Okay, well. So now that you're in my office, it applies to you too. I don't think I'm. I, I don't think it does apply. It to does. Me. I'm sovereign. It does, and actually, once I'm outside my office, if I lift my arms like this, mm-hmm. anything within my reach is all under martial law. Right. I declared it. Well, I I declare bankruptcy. No. You are not. You are, <laughs> you are not here yet. Actually, today is a day I'm bankrupt, Timmy. I forgot my wallet again. <laughs> so thank God there was free pizza. Did he lose his wallet again? <laughs> no, he just forgot I just it. I forgot to bring it. I was, I'm so frustrated. I was Tom Brandy. My credit card company, they send me a statement, and it's got like four different numbers on it, how much I owe, like my beginning balance, my ending balance, my due balance due. And I call them, I'm just, motherfucker, just tell me how much I owe you. 
You know what I mean? How much just, do I need to pay to be in good standing? To with be you at people? zero. Yeah. Tell me. <laughs> I'm so frustrated with him. Anyway, let me introduce the most uh, dangerous man in podcasting today. Our, the moral compass of the podcast, the very honorable Reverend Colonel Charles Bolregard Hawk Waters III, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? Well, Timmy, I'm I'm good. It's uh, I know Except how this, you don't have a, your wallet. I don't have my wallet, and I know shocking. How, I know how this show is going to go today because we're we're a little packed on time, and you're a little tense already. The devil's already rushing things through. People are interrupting. Because I have to go to. I have work. I have we the Lord's have work. work to we do. We have a lunch hour that we do this on. I have the so Lord's work. You don't have the Lord's work done. I do. But anyway, let so me tell you what I did, Timmy. You're, you're, proje- uh, you're uh, predicting a train wreck, basically. I'm predicting a meltdown. Okay. And I'm in a bad mood myself because I got, you know you know me, I'm not a materialistic man. Timmy. No, not at all. I got a couple things. You don't even I carry like. a wallet. <laughs> I, don't, I don't give a fuck. I trade beads for shit. But, uh. I have a I have a set of headphones, some Beats that are Beats Buds. Uh-huh. Are you still bitching about Bluetooth. this? Yeah, they they don't work no oh, more. Oh, for the love of Pete! Well, buy so, a new buy a new set. I did. I got on Amazon. I was gonna say, have mommy morning. buy you a new set. I bought a new set this morning. Okay. How did you do that without a wallet? Huh? How did you do that without a wallet? I just signed in and clicked on my Amazon account. Well. Right. I know my credit card number, so that works out. I don't know my credit card number. Yeah, that means you're shopping too much. If you I can't really you don't worry address. about what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm just saying. If you, you, know know when, you know when you got a problem, this got pointed out to me because I did it twice to different people, is my phone is starting to autocorrect to dick often. Yeah, you need to, yeah, you need to be careful of that. <laughs> I hate when I type fuck and it comes out duck. Oh, Mine I know. It's I'm like, mine it really ruins the moment. Mine, you know? doesn't, mine doesn't anymore, though. Mine just, you know, do you mean fuck, fucking, fucktard? It gives me the if whole I'm, list. If I'm texting someone and saying, like, I'm really going to duck you hard, <laughs> just, it loses something, you know? God. I'm going to duck you all over, baby. I'm going to duck you like you've never been ducked before. I don't, I don't want to talk about that. I no longer wish to be here. All right. I no longer wish to be a part of this conversation. No, I just tried to type two times. I tried to type Doc to Jamie Tarantino, that poor girl, uh-huh. because I didn't catch it right away. I said, I might have a picture of a dick that you can draw. <laughs> Jamie, of course, sure she appreciated it. Jamie, of course, you commissioned her to, to, to do some artwork. And there's yeah. a picture that Renee loves, and it's of a dock going out onto a lake when we were on vacation. And it came out as dick in your text. Because I use swipe because I got that arthritis yeah, yeah. in yeah, my yeah. thumbs. Your arthritis? And, uh, Is it aggravated author- by your diabetes? And his rheumatism. A, my rheumatism. So, and then I, my first yet thing yesterday, my dogs, I'm getting ready to leave. You know how it was colder than hell? Yes. And my dog's all stretched. I go to pet him. He stretches out on the couch like, oh, go out. Go ahead and go out in the cold, bitch. I'm going to sit here, you know. And I just walked to the car. I text my niece, and I said, you know what? My dick hates me. (laughs) (laughs) Which is probably not far from the truth. And I said, it's taunting me. (laughs) (laughs) And she just typed back to me. Nope. Yeah. Nope. There's no fun to do. It'd be fun to do is get someone's phone and program it so it. Oh yeah. So they put in curse words when they. All right. Anyway. So apparently, Dick's my go-to on my gotcha. when I text people. Shocking. We would like to give a shout out to all of those who support us on Patreon. They make this podcast possible. 
So a special Sorry. shout out to those who um, are very generous and um, give uh, their money, hard-earned money, to uh, keep us on the air. A big thank, a big special thank you to Alicia and Chip, Jim Moyer, Jason Dykes, Phyllis Munson, Brandy McBride, T.J. Young, Diane Student with the History Goes Bump podcast, Amber Trevino, Annette, uh, Annette Petre, Lise, Leslie Hagar, Amber Scoville, Jahara, uh, Andrew Hap, Melissa Montoya, Brittany Martin, Joe Hopkins, Mandy Swanson, Jennifer Siemens and her mother Linda, Charlie and Allie from the Insight Podcast, uh, Cindy Lou, Heather Poole, and of course Rudy the Wonder Dog. They all support us on Patreon. If you would like to support us on Patreon, Did you say just, TJ. Yeah, TJ. Okay, mm-hmm. TJ Young. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, just go to patreon.com slash historydweebs, where you can give a little, you can give a lot, or I just owe you a tiny little bit to me. Everything is greatly appreciated. <laughs> All right. So we're going to talk, let's jump into the story of an innocent man, the execution of... Well, I think you already told the story, Timmy. Yeah, that was just a preview. We, you, you know, he was a teaser. This is how you do it. I don't, I have uh, quite a bit of experience doing this. <laughs> And what you do? And you don't need shit from a dickhole like you. Well, I didn't want to say that, put it that way. But I'm just saying, go duck yourself is basically what I'm saying. It, it seems like you already told the story. We're just filling no, in. No, here's details. what you, exactly. This is what you. Whenever you give a present, I'll give you a little, little. Hint. So you put oh, you're the, getting ready to be schooled. <laughs> That's what's happening. I want to school so you. You put, when you, you put when, that canvas out there, we, and now you're going to fill it in with exactly for us. Okay. what you do. Is anytime you, you're given a presentation, you tell the audience what you're going to tell them, you tell them it, and then you tell them what you told them. Okay? Say what you're going to say, say it, and then tell them what you told them. And then Mike drop the fuck out. Exactly. I'm not sure what he said. Go duck, I go got duck it. yourself. I, Randy understood. She, I got she, it. She, she can comprehend complex. I'm, I'm fluent in Appalachian. All right, an innocent man. That means shut the fuck up, Chuck. (laughs) An innocent man, the execution of Timothy Evans. I feel like this is political. I feel like this is kind of a political uh, thing. I think we're drawing a line here, Timmy. We'll cross the line. Timothy Evans, uh, he he has the same first name as I do. (laughs) Well, I'll be goddamned. He sure does. I don't know how that's significant. Well, I thought your name was Tim. Well, that's just short for Timothy. There have undoubtedly been many miscarriages of justice in the English legal system over the years. Oh, and the American. I can speak for myself. But one of them is quite, one of them is quite as, not, but none of them quite as tragic and haunting as the conviction of a Welsh gentleman by the name of Timothy Evans. May I say this sounds like it's an egregious. It is. Why am I getting stink eye? And his uh, subsequent execution in March 1950 for a crime, Brandy, he did not commit. Well, I'm I'm sure he did something. No. I'm sure it was deserved. No. Karma. The, the Karma is a bitch. <laughs> the crimes for which Timothy Evans was executed 
were in fact committed by his neighbor, a serial killer named John Christie. Why is that funny? This dude was hanged. The, the first rule of keeping yourself out of jail is don't live next door to a serial well, killer. That is no. clutch. Mm-hmm. That's clutch. Born in England in 1898, John Christie, John Christie is a serial killer, served a number of prison sentences for theft and assault before um, becoming a serial killer. I'll tell you what, if I ever move next to somebody and they don't talk to me or come over or do whatever, yeah. and I have to say he was a quiet guy, mm-hmm. kind of t- kept to himself, mowed his grass, we have to move. See, yeah, but this guy didn't. This guy, this guy interacted a lot with him, and they became kind of friends. And then he, well, know, then Timothy Evans is a dumb sack of no, shit. That didn't recognize well, it. Timothy Evans had some learning disabilities. So. Well. <laughs> Be, be kind. Why are you laughing? This poor guy was, was hanged well, innocently. What, why are you so in, attached to him? Because it's a, it's a grievous injustice. It's, it's egregious. It's an egregious miscarriage of justice. And if there's anything we stand for on this show, devil, it is justice. Truth, justice, hmm. in the American way. Yeah. John Christie. John Reginald Holiday Christie. Four names. Oh. Yes. And they're stupid names. But was born in Yorkshire, England. Colonel, you've been to Yorkshire, I'm sure. I had some Yorkshire pudding once. In 1898, Brandy, that's just Close. two years before the night, uh, the turn of the century. I don't know, why are you talking slow for me? Would have been the 20th century. Yeah. Yes. Why are you talking slow for me? Just, I'm just saying. <laughs> just. I, be careful. Christie was <laughs> number yourself. six in a family of seven. So that's next to the youngest. <laughs> he had a troubled relationship with his father. Mother. I think he's challenging Fucker. your martial law. His father was a carpet designer. He should not. His father was a carpet designer. How the fuck do you design carpet? I don't know. I mean, it's <laughs> Berber or it's not. <laughs> I mean, it's green or it's blue. His father's name was Ernest John Christie. He was an angry because <laughs> he designed carpet. I mean, how an angry that? and uncommunicative man, fucker. So I guess he just sat with his arms crossed. <laughs> I don't how know. did they know he's he was pissy. angry and not just tired? Right. <laughs> yeah, maybe he wasn't saying none to he nobody. He displayed little emotions toward his children and would punish them for just trivial offenses. Well, that, you do that just for fun. Well, hell, he'd have a field day with you. During his later life, Christie's childhood peers described him as a queer lad. <laughs> it's a little hurtful. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't, yeah. Who kept to himself. Yeah. Mm. was not very popular. There you go. Yeah. Well, because he had an angry, pissy dad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who, who, who designed carpet. Right. I didn't yeah. even know they had carpet. He's got to make sure it matches the drapes. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> He grew up in a household uh, grew up in a household largely dominated by his disciplinarian father and overprotective mother and sisters. Well, if you're going to have a uh, mean daddy, it's good to have an overprotective mommy. Well, I don't know because Christy grew up to be sexually dysfunctional. Winner, <laughs> uh, winner, control- chicken dinner. <laughs> a cr- controlled, obsessed hypochondriac. Ooh. Wait a minute, with oh, an no. inherent dislike for women. 
<laughs> Who does that sound like? I, I love I women. Part, Timmy loves women, but you got the rest yeah. of it. Yeah, no, the rest no, of no. it's kind of down no. for you. What did Meatloaf say? Two no. out of three ain't bad, Timmy? I yeah. No, nothing wrong with me in the sexual no, department. The, but you're, the control but wait a type of chondria. And let's establish well, that yeah, both I'm, of you I'm, look at WebMD far too much. <laughs> I don't know, because if I get on WebMD, I know that I'm dying within. <laughs> I start crying every time the page loads. <laughs> Dude, I mean, no, that's went, your porn. <laughs> I made a mistake of going back and watching uh, Brian's song, and I, all I, of a sudden uh, you had it. Oh, I, yeah, it'll just, make you cry cancer. like a no. Like I mean, I had cancer. Girl no, he was upset because he had cancer. Yeah. Oh yeah, because <laughs> you coughed once during the show. Yeah. All right, so um, yeah, so uh, uh, Christie's life was kind of. Um, Dominated by his sexual dysfunction. Well, yeah, that will happen. I he suppose. had a lifelong problem with impotence. Oh, he was not impotent. He, he, he uh, you know, he needed you around, Colonel. As he was the face Look. of erectile dysfunction before you were. So he was out there hitting them with floppies before hitting them with floppies was cool. Yeah. His first attempts at sex were all failures. Well, yeah, if he's impotent. <laughs> Actually, so one word got around. And I had a pretty good Woody one when I was doing it. <laughs> but the word got out. Yeah. Word got out on John Christie, too, and kids started calling him. Remember, his middle name was Reginald. Kids started calling him Reggie Dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, That's, and what? Can't do it, Christie. There you go. Freddie Floppy. I mean, if you had to choose between the two, which one do you choose? I don't know, but they both are legit. Well, I mean, he had a dick. He just didn't work. So well, I don't... so he might as well not have had a dick. Hmm. Christy later would state, <laughs> this is so bad, later would state that his first erection would come at the age of eight at his grandmother's, <laughs> at his grandmother's funeral. Yes. <laughs> yes. Is that, is that weird? <laughs> Apparently, um, mm. Apparently, he became, uh, he, despite getting excited at the sight of his dead <laughs> maternal grandmother, erections didn't, would not come naturally to Christy for most of his life. So this guy, didn't, he didn't get wood until he saw his grandmother in the coffin laid out. It took a stiff to get him stiff. Nice. <laughs> that was a good one. Well, she may have been attractive. We don't know. I wonder if he felt her up a little bit. Oh, Grandma. Uh, Go up, throw himself on the casket, but he's squeezing those dead boobies. Oh, Grandma. There's something wrong with you if a side of your dead grandmother gives you a wood. There's something wrong if you're talking about climbing in the casket and squeezing all the boobies. Oh, he didn't do that. Chuck made No, I know. That's what I'm saying. There's something wrong with you if you don't put that out into the world. Well, that's true. We don't. After he died, however, a post mortem report confirmed that Christie's genitals were physically normal. So, Timmy, Timmy, Timmy's holding that little piece of information back. He'll, he'll spring it out on us later. I'll just give it to you. Uh, his difficulties with sex remained throughout his life, and most of the time he could only perform with prostitutes. Well, and popsicle sticks attached to his dick. Duct tape. Rubber banded. At the age of 11, he won a scholarship to the Halifax Secondary School where his favorite subject was mathematics. This guy had a Colonel. He had an He's IQ. A nerd. He had IQ of one thirty-two. That's not that bad. That's not that good. 
Yeah, but I mean, it's above average. It's above His average. But penis is not above average. Ain't hitting one forty. God doesn't give with me. both hands. <laughs> yeah, he probably would have took you know a, a IQ of one hundred if he could get wood. <laughs> I'll take, take IQ eighty five if I can get a good heart on. <laughs> be a fucking moron walking around <laughs> yeah. like and I'll be a drooling dumbass some bitch with a big old imbecile. <laughs> big like old wood with a raging heart on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which actually, that's me pretty much most of the time anyway. So. Drooling idiot with a raging yeah. heart on. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, so once, once, uh, <laughs> I'm, I've been once bl- you use your, the Lord you, has blessed me. <laughs> once you lose your capacity to get get an erection, you're just a, just a moron. <laughs> I'm just a moron. I'm just a drooling idiot. And that's when his casket goes in the back of a pickup truck. <laughs> yeah. John Christie left school at 15 uh, during the First World War and served in, a, in the Army as a single man. Single man. At 15? Yeah. They were desperate, you know, World ah, War yeah. I. Some meat grinder. He was involved in a mustard gas attack and that uh, he claimed blinded him temporarily and caused hysterical muteness that lasted over three years. Although some believe that the loss of speech was simply a means of gaining attention. Brandy, won't you try that? <laughs> Hysterical muteness? Yes. No. <laughs> what the fuck? What's hysterical oh, muteness? Actually, I think you God. ought to try that. I wish we could have had that on video. <laughs> but that's what that's what it would be if it's hysterical, right? Or you? I mean, well, maybe maybe I just sit around and laugh all the time, but I don't speak words. Yeah, maybe. But I don't know what that all was that you just said. <laughs> I thought he was starting to have <laughs> I thought well, he was, I was being hysterical but mute at the same time. I thought it was a rombie sitting next to me. He'd been possessed by the ghost of... <laughs> God. His earlier sexual dysfunction and control issues precluded any normal sexual relations. And he started frequenting, frequenting prostitutes at the age of 19. This sexual muteness... Did not, however, prevent his marriage. There's a lot of muteness in his life. <laughs> yeah. In 1920, he married the lovely Ethel Simpson Waddington. You know, I don't believe there ever ever been a, a lovely Ethel. No, if you got a if you have a kid named uh, and it's your baby born, it's it's ugly. Ethel. If you have a girl named Ethel, because none of the boys gonna be chasing her around. Christie, despite their marriage, Christie's sexual difficulties remained, and he continued to visit prostitutes on a regular basis even on his wedding day there you go well, he's a keeper is that he needs to celebrate somehow is that bad it is okay. it's not great christy i apologize christy became a postman he always rings twice yes <laughs> and he was sent to prison for three months for stealing postal orders and two years later, he was put on proba- probation for violent behavior. So he was going postal before going postal. Was, <laughs> was, was cool. the thing? I was postal. And I have a theory on going postal because, you know, the, the, I, I think a lot of it is uh, post-traumatic stress because post offices hire a lot of veterans. No, they put if, – if you know any postmen, they put just unbelievable pressure on oh, yeah, these yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, now they got them damn near G- – I think, I think you, right now you got a rectal GPS that you got to deliver mail with. And you know what? You no, it's a really amazing. They do amazing work. You can say you can send a letter for 40 cents anywhere in the country. That is amazing. You know what else is amazing, though? Think about it. Now, me and you, what, we, we try to get our 10,000 steps every mm-hmm. day. My mailman fat as hell. <laughs> 
<laughs> I've seen a couple of those. Walking around, yeah, he fatter than Philip <laughs> Eating a donut. Yeah, I don't know. He walk all day. I don't know what the but hell is he eating. I mean, it, it is a pretty efficient system, really, except when they put a package that's too fucking big into your mailbox. <laughs> but to yeah. all of our... You ain't gonna listen, well, we have go. listeners out there working the post for the post office. They, they do a lot of hard work. They just put a lot of pressure on you. Yeah, and the, people snap. Yeah, I know UPS. It's like there. being here, really. Really. I mean, like all jobs. It's like working with Brandy. Mm-hmm. Oh God, you guys can blow me. Um. So around this time, he finally left Ethel and moved to London. Poor Ethel, leaving her to support herself in Sheffield. That's a city in England. Brandy. By the age of 29, he was back in prison on theft charges, and he spent nine months incarcerated before moving in with a prostitute. There you go. Uh, and then six months later, he went back to prison for assaulting said prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not funny. <laughs> it was a happy relationship. Yeah, the guy's got to screw loose. Here's what I wonder, though. Okay, he, got, he could get wood okay when she was a prostitute, but when she became his girlfriend, did he go limp again? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Or did he have to pay her every night just to make sure it got hard? I don't know. Um, he also was suspected of assaulting other women, which is not cool, but no other charges were brought. A further spell in prison for car theft after he asked his estranged wife, Ethel, to come and live with him in England. So he went to he went to uh, took a car out of a um, lot for a test drive, and he never brought it back. That's not really stealing. Well, they frowned upon that sort of thing. So him and his wife, Ethel, reunite in London in 1933. Reunited and it No, no, do not sing. Okay. The visits to prostitute to relieve his violent sexual urges continue, which by now also included elements of necrophilia. And these urges intensified over the next decade. I don't well, I believe it started with some necrophilia. No, he had his. He would have prostitutes pretend they were dead. He would have them get in a cold bathtub and mm-hmm. put cold water, and then lay still while he fondled them and stuff. I want to see. Uh, he, I guess he hadn't been married to Ethel long enough because he was <laughs> only about five years from that. Anyway, because you know you've been married. Come on, devil, you you're with me here. You've been married for a long time. Sometimes it borders on necrophilia. Mm-mm. I don't know what you're doing. You know exactly what I'm doing. No. Nope. You're sitting there just thinking about the stuff you got to do the next day and barely breathing. And, well. Just mumbling, duck me harder, duck me harder. <laughs> well, duck me. <laughs> Give me that big duck. <laughs> um, Christy and Ethel moved at 10 Willington place in 1938 it's a neighborhood it's uh in uh nottingham hill neighborhood of london which apparently was a kind of a rundown area they moved in this place in 1938 they lived in it for a long period of time and that's where they meet uh, uh timothy at the couple would live at this address uh for a long time nine years later after they moved in 1938 so in 1947 they meet uh, a new neighbor named Timothy Evans and his wife. But before that happens, uh, Christie uh, kills his first victim in 1943. Her name was Ruth Forst. She was a 21-year-old Austrian girl who was having an affair with Christie 
when he impulsively strangled her during sex, and then he buried her in the communal gardens there at Wilmington Place. It was like an apartment complex. Now, that's just not cool, Mr. Christie. No. An occasional slap on the bottom. Well, but apparently he, t- he went, you know, he, he over got, got really There's into no it. There's no safe word. No, he kind of blew it. Well, it's hard to say a safe word when somebody's choking you to death. Yeah. So he kills Ruth, and that's his first kill in 1943 that we know of. Excited by the ultimate thrill of the, the, and power that the murder gave him, he took great care in planning his next attack on a 32-year-old neighbor named Morel Edie uh, on November 8, 1944, so less than a year uh, after he killed Ruth. He invited Edie over to his place, um, claiming to be able to cure a reoccurring chest ailment that she had hmm. with a special inhaler. Right. <laughs> My chloroform inhaler. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which actually uh, contained carbon monoxide. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Cleared out those sinuses, though. Once she was rendered unconscious, he strangled her while raping her. And then she died during the process. She, too, joined Ruth Forrest in the garden. So he buried her in the garden as well. In 1948, a young Welshman named Timothy Evans and his wife, Burl, moved Burl? Burl? B-E-R-Y-L. How would you say that? Burl. Burl, okay. You said it right. It's just, yeah, so it's it's just a, an it's odd name. Yeah. Well, you said it it's right, like saying, which is what threw us off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <Okay. laughs> like saying his wife, Otto. I mean, <laughs> They moved into the same apartment, you know, the Remington Place, Wellington Place, and uh, – they they were a young uh, married couple, and they uh, Burl gave birth to a baby girl. Soon gave birth to a baby girl named Geraldine. Timothy became good friends with his new neighbor John Christie. Christie was older and more experienced than Timothy Evans, so he would often Timothy would often seek his neighbor's advice on marriage and family matters. Well, he probably shouldn't have done that. Yeah, especially well, he probably didn't know he was a serial killer. Well, he's got to research some shit. So, Timothy Evans was born in Wales on November 20th, 1924. That's right before Christmas. November 20th, right before Thanksgiving, although I don't think they celebrate Thanksgiving in Wales. They should. They ain't got nothing to be thankful for over there. It was Coal not, mines. It was not an easy childhood. Shortly before Timothy was born, his father ran off and left the family to cope by themselves. His father, or his mother, remarried in 1929 and the family soon consisted of Timothy, his elder sister Eileen, and a younger half sister called Maureen. Okay, a lot of Eileen and Maureen. Yeah. The young boy was slow in nearly all of his developmental milestones, and Timothy, Timothy was yes, slow. And the devic- and the victim of a tubercular sore on his right foot. Mm. Mm. Nothing that never. That's it's, painful. It was yeah. something that never totally healed. He had a consumption sore. He was often away from school for long periods of time. As a consequence, when he left school, Timothy Evans was virtually illiterate and could barely read and write his own name. So he's pretty much like Chuck. <laughs> right. And, well, and look where Chuck's at. Yeah, he doesn't. Have, except you can, your foot's okay, right? 
My foot healed up good. Right. Now I ain't got the skin cancer. I'm doing good. The family moved to London and Evans. That's your bloody stool, by the way. <laughs> I never had the bloody stools. My father had the uh, bloody stool. And you're, you're goddamn insensitive, Timmy, for just bringing it up. No, I, 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 I'm concerned about, you know, a lot of our listeners are concerned about your stool. And My stool not, is None fine. of our listeners are. No, uh, I mean, we, there's questions come up about you and Bloody Stool all the time on the page. They don't. On our Facebook page. I don't think they do. I don't think that's what happens. I don't think they do. No, but let me tell you what the son of a bitch do does. You ch- do you check the t- toilet tissue after? No, I don't. I don't. I, I, Motherfucker well, just picks up random pe- people people's pizza and throws it away. Because cocksucker all of a sudden decides he wants to be a custodian. I leave the fuck it. I leave the table and leave a piece of well, pizza there. I come back for and a it's half fucking an hour. gone. You were gone for a half hour. So th- did you not think, hey, maybe I should take this to Brandy because she's got caught up doing something this else? This is during lunch? No, you don't think about that. You just throw shit away and then wants to oh. dig it out of the trash for me. It didn't touch anything. Timmy, it was a very, cl- it, was a, it was a new trash can. Oh, yeah, that's fair. It yeah. had a plastic Horse bag in shit. it. <laughs> I would eat it. Well, mm. all right. So the family moves to London and Evans begins work as a painter and decorator for a little while. He tried moving back to his hometown to Wales in 1937, working in the coal mines around the town, but found the job too difficult because of his foot. In it 19- must be depressing in Wales. That's where that bridged in was. Remember the story we did about all mm-hmm. the suicides? Isn't that what Nicola Reed from Wales? I don't know. I'm not sure. I thought she's from Scotland. I did, too. I thought Scotland and Wales was the same place. Continue, Randy. Uh, I mean, I thought they were, like, part of the same... Hey, Rand McNally, I'm going to go ahead and get done with this. He tried... Okay, you tell me where Wales is. It's over in England somewhere. Yeah. It's 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 not in England. It's part of the United Kingdom. Yes. It's not over in England. It's part of... London's over in England. It's, like, what? Southwest, right? Fuck, I don't even know where England is. It's Southwest See, Great exactly. Britain, I think. Ray McNally, Samuel. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's different than Scotland. It's across the ocean. Yeah, because Scottish yeah. people, whatever. There's lots of water. <laughs> <laughs> Scottish no, no, I mean, the, the, we did that Bridged Inn. Bridged Inn was where uh, was in Wells, and that's where they had all their suicides. And it just looked like, like Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's depressing over there. All right. So by 19... 19- Motherfucker, don't even know where it is, but it's depressing. <laughs> no, son of a bitch. They never get no sunlight over there. By 1946, he was again living in London in the Notting Hill area, which is a great movie. And on September 20th, 1947, he married Burl Thorley. Within months, she was pregnant, and Geraldine Evans was born on October 10th, 1948. Timothy Evans had an IQ of 70, 10 points higher than Chuck. But he could and get was, wood. He could get yes, he wood. could get some wood. And was an impos- uh, or impressionable man, although he also possessed a violent temper. So obviously, John Christie is much brighter than our friend Timothy. Yes. Except Timothy can get a heart on. Right. So, Colonel, uh, you're, which one would you rather be? I'd rather be the drooling idiot with the wood, Tim. His learning difficulties made it hard for him to hold a steady job, and when a year later... Burl found herself pregnant again. She feared they'd not be able to support another child. Well, see, now there is the disadvantage of being able to get wood. Yeah, you get people pregnant, and you're too damn stupid to take care of them. Yeah, that's, see, a, that's a problem. You ain't got to worry about That's a about global it. problem. You're walking around slapping a floppy. You, it, but he's not slapping a floppy. No, he's got I the know. wood. It's, see, they needed to... Just think if you had IQ 140, what a raging hard on. That's amazing. The world will be your oyster. Your oyster. Yeah. Uh, let's see, so... World would be your vagina. So, <laughs> Timothy, 
so Timothy um, goes to Christy and tells him that, you know, they got this problem. And Christy claims that he has some knowledge of abortion. Oh. That was illegal in the UK at the time and offered to assist the couple. Yeah. He's, he's, he's pretty a good giver. At, he's pretty good at aborting. Yeah. Well, he's, he can abort people who are alive. Yeah. <laughs> which he <laughs> did. <laughs> Burl became Christy's third victim. Uh, incapacitated, strangled, and violated as per his modus operandi. That M.O. Means, M.O., that means the way they normally do things, devil. That's a police term for the way they normally do things. You know, you things. really should be speaking at the crime con. I you, should with be. With your grasp of... <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, uh, CSI st- yeah, yeah. type stuff. Yeah. yeah. Cr- modus operandi, it's Latin. It modus means, means mo. Yeah. <laughs> operandi is how you operate. So. Yeah. Mo operating. Yeah. Mo operating. Yeah. It means mo operating. So go ahead. Continue, devil. Just help me out there. You're fucking ignorant <laughs> as hell. I can't take it. All right. So she dies on November 8th, 1948. This is Timothy's wife. Yes. Okay. Burl. Burl. Uh, as a result of Christie's intervention. Christy, well, that didn't go well, did it? No. They fucked that up. That's not the kind of intervention I want to have. Christie persuaded Evans that her death had resulted from septic poisoning. Uh, from and from, or from the various other abortion remedies that she had tried up until that point, and convinced him not to go to the police. Hmm. Instead, he was dispatched alone to stay with his mother's sister in Wales, with Christie claiming that he had found a young couple willing to look after baby Geraldine. Yeah. See, if a guy kills my wife, I'm probably not going to leave my kid with him. Well, but he's not smart enough to know that he killed his wife. He, but just he could get wood. He about, could get wood. Yeah. Uh, so Geraldine, the baby, was never seen alive again. I may be dumb as fuck, but I got a heart on baby. Uh, <laughs> Evan's mother was puzzled by the mysterious disappearance of Burl and the baby. She confronted Timothy Evans, and on November 30th, unable to maintain the charade any longer, he went to the police in his hometown of Wales. Wishing to protect Christy, he confessed to accidentally killing Burl himself. What a dumbass. By giving her abortion pills and then disposing of her body in a sewer drain. Yeah. Police in Notting Hill duly investigated and found nothing, and Evans was questioned more intensely a second time, at which time he, was, he changed his story and implicated Christie in Burl's death. A thorough search of Rillington Place on December 2, 1949, revealed the bodies of Burl and baby Geraldine hidden in the wash house in the back garden. Yeah. Apparently, this place had a uh, a communal wash house and when the police went there the first time to search for bodies it wasn't there but the second time they went they found the bodies but apparently that wasn't you know that wasn't worthy enough to be entered into as evidence because you Why know would you I, enter bodies in death if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Evidence is crazy. Geraldine. All right. Well, thank you. Geraldine. No, and he was nothing to add. Yeah, I do. He was, (laughs) apparently he was roughed up a lot during interrogation. Okay. Timothy Evans. Is that in the script? I don't know. Or you just holding that little piece of information? Well, you know, I'm a wealth of information, Brandy. Yeah, well, you're also a dick that holds information back. Well. Um, So further questioning caused Evans to change his story a bunch of times, which included a confession to having strangled Burl over mounting debts. But this may have been due to the limitations of his mental abilities and the strenuous police interrogation. Uh, Christie was also questioned but managed to convince police that he he wasn't involved. Yeah, and he also uh, was implicating uh, uh, Timothy Evans. Right. So with careful coaching from Christie... His wife uh, corroborated his version of the events. Evans went to trial on January 11, 1950, and his ineffective defense team failed to follow up on a number of inconsistencies in the testimony offered by Christie and his wife. Indeed, John Christie was a key witness for the prosecution, and his positive impression on the jury was instrumental in Evans being found guilty. Evans continued to maintain his innocence and attempted one appeal, but was hanged on March 9, 1950. Uh, and he was hanged by Britain's most famous executioner, Albert Pierpoint. Meanwhile, following the trial, John Christie's hypochondria grew steadily worse, and he became depressed and lost a considerable amount of weight. He lost his job at the post office and found it difficult to maintain a job over the next few years. Around December 12, 1952, Ethel Christie disappeared mysteriously. Imagine that. And Christie told neighbors that she'd gone back to Sheffield, while relatives were told she had become too ill to communicate with them, although he continued to send gifts marked as coming from both of them. He had, in fact, strangled Ethel and placed her body under the floorboards in the parlor. It's just dead body. That's what she fucking gets. Well, yeah. For being a big fat liar. Yeah, she collaborated. Uh, Christie also began treating the house with strong disinfectants. Well, as you should. As you should. If you've got bodies when under neighbors, the Yes, when neighbors remarked board. on the increasingly bad odors that were coming from Christie's house. They just said they had some cats. Right, well, <clears throat> yeah. Christie's next victim was 25-year-old Rita Nelson, a pregnant prostitute who was persuaded by Christie that he could assist her with a termination. He is just playing that card for all <laughs> he's worth. Yeah. Uh, she suffered the same fate as Burl Evans on January 19th, 1953. Take some of this carbon monoxide. Right. Take care of your problem. How Her, do you get carbon monoxide in a inhaler? I, I, don't, I know. don't know. 
Her body was placed in an alcove that existed <laughs> behind a cupboard in the kitchen. Yeah, motherfucker's got an IQ 132, girl. <laughs> yeah. You don't. Well, uh, t- yeah, let's see. She but he can't a, get wood. <laughs> I can't get wood. 26-year-old okay. Kathleen Maho- Maloney, another prostitute, was gassed, strangled, and raped in February 1953. No dick Reggie, they call it. She joined <laughs> Nelson in the alcove behind the cupboard. Freddy Floppy. Uh, Christie's final victim, 26-year-old Hectorina... Hectorina. Hectorina. McLennan was similarly similarly gassed, hot. <laughs> strangled, and raped, and then stashed in the alcove. So now he's got three bodies behind the cupboard, Hectorino. a body under yeah. the parlor floor, and then various and assorted ones in his garden. And, and he's responsible for Timothy Evans. I mean, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? He's right. He's yeah. as responsible as anyone. Yeah. Right. You know what you're gonna. You know what you're gonna end up with. What? Limp Dick Lanny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, would you still marry Lanny if he could? Would you get marry one? Lanny if he couldn't pull one up? First of all, I am never going to marry anybody named Lanny. When you when Dave leaves you, because yeah. he's going to leave you. Oh, he is not. He's going to leave you. But if he did, and would you marry a guy named Lanny at Pet no. Boys with greasy red red hair? And no, acne? I don't know why. <laughs> I would don't you know be more inclined like, to marry a man or a woman? He works part time at Pet Boys. I am most inclined to not marry anybody again. Just but if you had to make a choice. Get a cat. I don't, though. Get a cat and a tiny house. I'm not going to get a cat or a tiny house. Look, I already, we already have this worked out. We're going to make ourselves a little commune. Who's we? Not with tiny houses. Your lesbian shipping contain. Fuck no. With, like, shipping container houses. You fuckers cannot come visit us unless we oh, I'll need come, I'll something come, I'll come visit. fixed. Yeah. No, no visiting. That's, that's that is well that's rude. And then you know what? We will probably neighborly. just live happily. Who are who and is communal. we? Who are you moving? Anybody with? that I invite to live on Bitches Road, that's who's going to be there. Well, that don't seem like no. You don't want <clears throat> Chuck and I there. No, no. You two are expressly forbidden from coming there. Well, why? I already, and I already have We're tenants. Nice. We're nice I already people. have tenants. You're kind of nobody being... married can be there. I already have tenants. I'm just going to say, kind of being a dick about no. this. You cannot be there. You cannot be there. When Chuck dies, Renee can come. Hmm. My girlfriend Tracy will be there. Uh, probably our boss's wife Nancy will be there. <laughs> oh, who what if I if, <clears throat> if I if I no if, if I no. identify as no. a woman? No, if I identify as a no. softball playing lesbian. No, you could identify yourself as, you know, <laughs> Big Dick Richie, and you still would not be Actually, in the commune. Well, okay. But what if I identify as Batman, and they put up the bat signal no. in the commune? No. There's going to be first crime. All, you cannot You know what? First Batman. of all, the Joker is going to be tearing up your commune, and then yeah. you're going to be looking for me. And then the Riddler. Not yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. You're, not, you're not even considering the, the Riddler. Yeah. <laughs> not even considering the Riddler. the Riddler. Riddle me this. What happens when the Riddler comes in? Starts tearing up your compound and you're putting up the bat signal or the or the hawk signal. Oh, oh. And then what you gonna you, do? Yeah, that's gonna never gonna What are you gonna do then? Uh, not do that. Hmm. Hmm. Why don't you get on with your part? Sounds like you didn't plan ahead. Just go oh, move. Go just go live in your tiny house. Yeah, the tiny house. tiny houses. What's that John Mellencamp song? Little tiny houses no, for you and me, Colonel. Mm-hmm. What happens next for our good friend well, John Christie? Here's where it takes a weird turn, Timmy. All right. Tell us. Christie then papers over the cupboard that concealed the alcove. Okay. But he could do very little about the increasingly bad odor coming from the three decomposing bodies. Well, it is hard. 
Well, it's it, it's like having ten cats in the house when you got a dead body. Mm-hmm. Now he finally moved out of Rillington Place. He just said, "Fuck it, I'm moving." Um, defrauding the family who took up residency. He took three months' rent money from them when he was not authorized by the landlord, and they were forced to move out within 24 hours. A prick. What? <laughs> what the, what? He, was, he, he tried like, to get the front rent. He, he was going to get the back rent. <laughs> it sounded like a good businessman. <laughs> so, yeah, but you know, it's a good businessman until you remember you got bodies buried in there. Yeah, yeah. There's probably you, The one thing off. you can't do... If you're a serial killer with dead bodies in your house, is yeah. get evicted. That's, no, that's that's a, that's a that's a deal breaker. You want to keep control pas. of the place. That's a, that is a faux pas. That is a faux pas. Now, with the flat now empty, Timmy, another tenant was permitted by the I landlord. Why they call them flats? I don't know. They, they call weird stuff. Ali, I was looking on a page. Your daughter had a jumper on. Ali kept calling it a tunic. I said, that's not a tunic. It's a jumper. And she said, no, this is a jumper. And put up a picture of a woman in jeans and a sweater. Hmm. And you know you can't you can't argue with Ali. She ain't got she's yeah. deranged. She no, she's deranged. She's insane. That's why I said I'm I'm arguing with an insane woman. I'm not going to continue this. We love you, Ali, but she is insane. Yes. So anyway, the flat's now empty and stinky. It's too bad um, Trump's going to ban her from coming to CrimeCon. You think he's going to turn on turn on the Australians? Because he I know, should. Just Ali. Just Ali. Oh, okay. Well, he should. I mean, if you want to protect this country. They're Keep baddest. that lunatic out of this damn country. Yeah. Why are we letting her in here? Just walking around. You know the first thing she's going to do is buy a big-ass knife. Mm-hmm. So like Crocodile Dundee did yeah. when he came over here. Yeah. So now the flat's Ali Dundee. Ali Dundee, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Crocod- Crocodile Alley. Yes. Now the flat's empty and stinky, like they got 38 cats in there. He's amscrayed with the, the whole apartment rent. Yeah, but another person was permitted by the landlord to use the kitchen. And when he was renovating the space, he discovered the concealed cupboard and the bodies. And, well, he immediately now, now, notified the police. Now, that's <laughs> Colonel, when you move into an apartment, and before you sign that lease, mm-hmm. you want to make sure you point out the dead bodies are already there. <laughs> you you want to I see, when we bought a house, I had a no-body clause yeah. in it. It's like I'm only responsible for bodies that, you know, yeah, yeah, that should be part of, uh, yeah, they, you, they should disclose that. Yeah, well, uh, the bodies that I put here from this date forward, okay. anybody's beforehand. Right, you're not responsible. mentioned bodies, yeah. I have no. Yeah, but now after that, after any, that, any yeah. bodies you, you put bringing yourself. I will take response. I'll take right. ownership of that. Right. But uh, now given the previous murders that had been committed there, a thorough search was initiated which revealed not only the three kitchen cupboard corpses, but also Ethel's under the parlor floorboards and two further bodies in the garden, Timmy. Man. You couldn't swing a dead cat without hitting a body around that place. Now, the kitchen cupboard was naturally main, uh, was naturally maintained at a temperature of 5 degrees Fahrenheit. I wonder how they did that. I don't know, but it's, it's a good thing they did. It keeps the bodies from uh, stinking. Essentially turning it into a refrigerator, and when the three bodies in there were found, they had been perfectly preserved. Mm. wonder if he was going in and banging them. Yeah, you mean because he was into necrophilia, yeah. so maybe he was. During a police search of 10 Rillington Place, a tobacco tin containing four locks of pubic hair was found. Mm. Do you ha- have any locks of pubic hair around your office, Colonel? 
Um, I so got a couple that. on the desk here I right now. But <laughs> now, it's possible that two of the locks belong to the two women buried in the garden, but it's unknown. They could have also been mementos of prostitutes. He had. Uh, I always, I always <clears throat> ask. Uh, I always ask for a memento from a, a memento. And Mento. Sometimes you just go up and grab them right by the hoo-ha, Timmy, and then oh, really? you get a handful of pubic hairs and you save one for later. I don't know what you do with it. <laughs> got to floss, well, your, floss your teeth. You got some oh spinach in your teeth. It's like, gay, hey, because you hand me a pube there, I got some spinach in my teeth. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the hunt for Christie began, Timmy, in earnest. Yes, because now he's, he's Amscrade. They're finding the dead bodies in the house. Mm-hmm. And he was apprehended ten days later. Okay, having not run out of money. Now, nation, no, and he was at yeah ten days later. Yeah, Three he changed days his later, name. I think Christie telephoned the new. Well, his the hunt for him began, and he was oh t- yeah apprehended ten days later. But here's what happened in the meantime. Okay, um, there was a nationwide hunt. Three days after he disappeared, he telephoned News of the World and arranged to meet a reporter offering an exclusive interview. He said he would allow himself to be handed over to the police in exchange. The meeting never took place because Christie was frightened by the arrival of two policemen, as serial killers are tend- want to do, Timmy. Yeah. They're afraid of the police. So it was kind of rude of him to break off that appointment. Yeah, so he broke the appointment, and then he left the Roten house. He wandered all over London, and he'd sleep on park benches in the night, much like the devil does. Yeah, that's here, a little know. uncomfortable, I would think. Um, well, ask the devil. She sleeps on park benches all the time. Do you, Brandy? Well, the search for him ended on the morning of March 31st when he was arrested near the embankment of Putney Bridge after being challenged about his identity by a policeman. He said he was John Waddington. Hmm. He was then asked to remove his hat. He should know who he is. He should. The policeman recognized him and said, You are Christie, aren't you? Christie confirmed that he was, in fact, the limp dick Christie. Mm. When arrested, he had with him him his identity card. But not a hard-on. Not a hard-on, nor a condom. A ration book, his union card, an ambulance badge, with an old newspaper clipping about the remand of timothy evans Hmm. he made statements about four murders willingly but had explanations for all well they're easily explained yeah those bodies in your well his wife his wife's had been a mercy killing oh she had been choking because she was married to a serial killer (laughs) she (laughs) apparently (laughs) she had been choking to death anyway so he just strangled her wow and the three prostitutes. You know, you know what? She wasn't choking on him because he couldn't <laughs> yeah. get with her. Sell down, Brandy. <laughs> you know, Brandy gets all worked up when you talk about a Woody. She starts flipping us the bird. Yeah. Now, the three prostitutes, they'd been aggressive in taking advantage of him, driving him to defend himself, Timmy. Well, as naturally, he should. So he had to kill him. Of course. His confessions were riddled with lies and evasions, as mm. serial killers are prone to do. When confronted with the evidence of the garden corpses, he admitted to those murders, and at one point he also admitted, admitted to the murder of Beryl Evans, although he said that was a mercy killing, too, and that was probably because um, she was named Beryl. Or she was married to Timothy Evans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't who, the brightest guy in the world. But No, but that son of a bitch could swing a dick, Timmy. <laughs> he could swing a dick. 
So the next day he was charged with his wife's murder, and on April 15th he had to file his taxes. <laughs> well, he no, did, but that's... He did, but he was also charged with murdering the three prostitutes. Now, while in prison, Christie confessed to murdering all of the women found ah, in his cell, as well as Burl. He never admitted to killing Geraldine Evans, though. You ever notice they always, like, want to be indignant about yeah. one murder? Well, he, especially because she was a <clears> child. <throat> Motherfucker can murder 99 yeah. people. But don't let him. No, I did not. I did not kill her. Yeah. We have you on videotape. So, no, I did not kill her. Or they get real crazy serial killers. Oh, I murdered them all, but I didn't rape any of them. Yeah, yeah. Like, somehow that makes them okay. You're right. No, I'm just a killer. Don't, ooh, don't call me a rapist. Yeah. You know. Yeah, exactly. Serial killers are strange people. Really are. So anyway, um, where was I at? Yeah, well, I he, think he, he never. So, you wonder if his uh, impotence made him. angry. I'm sure it made him angry. Mm-hmm. I could. Could you imagine? I'd be today, angry all the time. Today you could get the vitamin B. Yeah. Or Cialis or something. I mean, that's one of the things that makes me happy in this world, Timmy. Vi- Viagra. No, just oh. having a just you having know. a witty. I Fresh read once that, uh, you know, at the end of his life, Groucho Marx had problems with impotence, and he said he would he would give a million dollars to be able to get one heart on. Damn. Yeah. I could have gone over and given him no. my heart. <laughs> given him mine. I would have given him mine for two, for just $100. <laughs> I think he wanted his own. Oh, well. His trial. The trial commenced on June 20th. Second, 1953, on the charge of murdering his wife. As Christie, his defense counsel decided to enter a plea of not guilty by reason of insanity. All of them and all the murders were brought in to support the insanity plea. <laughs> be so fucked up if you, you can get off one by killing. No, what kind of same man kills 45 people exactly. in each trial? You just claim insanity for each one. Hey, I've got eight people here. Yeah, look at this. No normal person does this shit. Now, the prosecution counted... Wouldn't have been fucked up if he walked and, and, and Timothy <laughs> Evans got hanged. Yeah. Now, the prosecution counted that his concealment of the crimes after the fact showed an appreciation of the wrongfulness of his acts. Yeah, he knew right from wrong, basically. And the judge instructed the jury to consider only whether he was insane at the time that he killed his wife. Now, the trial only lasted four days, and he was found guilty after deliberating for only an hour and 20 minutes. Christie was sentenced to death and hanged just two weeks, just over two weeks later. Man, justice was swift back yeah. then. And it's 1953. Mm-hmm. At Pentonville Prison in London. Well, apparently it's a little too swift for Timothy Evans. <laughs> yeah. Like Timothy Evans, he was executed by famed hangman Albert Pierpoint. We're going to do a podcast on him. He had an interesting career. He was an executioner in England. Mm-hmm. Or famous, uh, one of the most famous... Uh, Executioners and well, after he was pinioned for execution, Christie complained that his nose itched, and Pierpoint, the executioner, assured him it won't bother you for long. <laughs> he has a point. Yeah, <laughs> don't, don't have to worry about it. Now, following this trial, an investigation was undertest, undertaken to test Timothy Evans' guilt. It was determined that he, after after only eleven days of investigating Timmy, mm-hmm. that Evans had indeed killed his wife and daughter. Yeah, they they kind of did a rush job. Yeah, they didn't want to look foolish. Right. Now, two years later, an attempt to launch uh, was made to launch another investigation, and extensive evidence was produced to suggest that the first investigation had been rushed, 
skewed to support the official version and avoid questioning the methods by which police had extracted Tim Evans' confession. Finally, an inquiry in 1965 concluded that Timothy Evans had strangled his wife, but not his daughter. He was granted a posthumous pardon in 1966 and was tried and hanged for killing his daughter, as he was tried for tried and hanged for killing his daughter, not his wife. Yeah, that don't make any sense. No. So he he they basically didn't have anything on him. And, I mean, you know, the guy, obviously, to Christie is the one that did it. But the outcry over the Evans case contributed to the suspension and then abolition of capital punishment in the United Kingdom in 1965, Timmy. Yep, they abolished the death penalty. They did. They did away with it. They just yep. said, no, we can't, we can't do it right. If you, can't have, you can't have nothing nice around here, yeah. Timmy. I wonder if uh, Christie got a Woody after he was hanged. Oh, you know he did. I wonder... <laughs> I wonder if he got a Woody walking up to that plank, walking know. the plank. His nose was itching. Well, they say that's a sign of sexual arousal when yeah. your nose itches. Yeah. If you're around a woman scratching her nose, she horny as hell. Really? Huh? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. All right. Hit me with some shout-outs, Colonel. Some shout-outs. Well, of course, who do we always start with, Timmy? The lovely Tasha and her mother, Ophelia, out the in California. The lovely Ophelia. Jeff Girdley. Yes. Sam Hildebrand. Brandy, she's finishing her <clears> lunch. Linda Middleton. Missy Dean Horton. You know, don't let lunch bother. You know, don't let lunch get in the way of the podcast. No, the devil just gets up, walks away, and just starts eat eating. Eat. Yeah. That's nice of her. Don't don't let us bother yeah, you over bother that you. devil. She ain't even got her headphones on or near the right. microphone, so we can say whatever we want. She's really committed to this podcast. The lovely Celine. Happy birthday, Doctor Jeff. I believe oh. he had a birthday, didn't he? Oh, okay. Uh, no, but di- I don't know, but Denny, uh, he may have. Uh, Denny- I'm sorry, Denny McNamara Denny had a McNamara, birthday. McNamara, yes. Okay, but whenever your birthday is, Dr. Jeff, happy uh, birthday. Denny McNamara, happy birthday, Denny. Yeah. Teresa Slavin, Tommy Boomashine, Shonda and Larry, the Trowbridges, Colton, um, the wonderful Phyllis Munson, Munson. Thank you very much, Phyllis, by yes, the way. Yes, Phyllis, thank you very much. Very much. Aaron Wentz, Donna Curran, Brian and Lisa Lawton, Olivia Meyer, new listener. Um, let's see. No, I got her. Um, the beautiful Katja. The lovely Katja from Denmark. Yeah. Kate with the C. McCarthy, Bridget Clavey, Brian Snellings. We just got Danny McNamara, William Truax, Amber Croup. Amber's one of the most twisted sumbitches. She is funny. You're never going to meet your whole life. She is life. funny. Um, Gina Spillane. Trixie, who we haven't seen in a while. Mike, yeah, she, Stephanie was, she Quick. posted something the other day. Oh, did she good? Uh-huh. Sydney and Michael, of course. Hopefully everything works out with this uh, longshoreman's thing, Michael. Um, Laura O'Reilly, Gabby Lewis, John Cunningham, Tara. Bond. Jean Bond. Lydia. Brandy McBride. Maggie Glover. I want to say something about Maggie. Yeah, yeah. Um, I... I don't know if I mentioned this last time or not, but Maggie's uh, father had a yeah. heart attack. And yeah. Maggie, we are so sorry to hear that, and we hope that he's doing better. We do. We do indeed hope that he's that he had a heart attack, but he did not. No, no, no. He, he's, he's. I mean, he, he had a heart attack. He's in recovery now. Okay, okay. I thought she lost her father. That would have been terrible. Good, and I'm glad to hear that he's in recovery. Jeff Appel, Christine Bourgeois. Christine Bourgeois, I'm sorry. Katie Moorhead, Mary Ray, Marvin, of course, Andy Valley, Cheryl Musku, 
Keith Brewsty, Becky Mitchell, Steve Miller, Nicholas Starr, Molly Erickson, Natasha Davis, Neil Eagleton, Stewie Benton, and I, I told this girl on the page that she was she is not my friend. Who? Maja Zinoka. Ah, uh, I like Maja. I like we, Maja too. She's very funny. Wanna, she got a hard name to mention, though. I want to give a shout out to KC Hood. I don't know if you got KC on your list or not. He gave us a five star review on iTunes. Thank you, KC. We will definitely add you to the shout out list. You're on K- the shout out list. Thank now. you, KC. Ali Nett, Christine Hauer, Leah Pangburn, Natalie Parsons, Lauren Feller, Todd Long, Diane, Student History Goes Bump. Yes. Wonderful podcast. Allison Shields, Aaron Fowler, Colleen Madsen, Robin Sanchez, TJ, of course, TJ Youngblood, Thomas Tui, Dave Hill, John Gray, Don Gordon, Kirsten Davidson, Susan Angles, Little Emmy Waterfall, Christian Dormer, Daniel Fredrickson, Amber Anderson, Peter Fomer, Ron Radzke, um Kelsey Fro. Hey, Kelsey. Uh, Kelsey. Uh, let's see here. We got the lovely Tyra Jenkins and Am- Amy Payne, Jason Dykes, Sammy James. Jason just, you know, Jason's on the list somewhere. <laughs> he is funny. all over 35 different government lists. <laughs> Jason's um, a funny guy. I love following him. He's always posting funny stuff. Oh, yeah. Your Handler, Eddie Rushing, Sunyana, um, Lindsay, Chicago Lindsay McMillan, Tara Chinchilla. Jennifer Hawkins, Kim Kazmersky, Nancy Jalapeno, Toby Deese, Andy Spraccio, Danielle Fredericks, and Mike Eisenhower, Rebecca Montanle, the lovely Annette Petray, Steph Glenn, Christina Hodgins, Christine Montana, or who, as we refer to as Lefty, Maria <laughs> Barber, Jennifer Potts, Cindy Hamilton, Paul Mampilli, Mike Arnold, Melissa Lubrano, Brittany Powell, Heather Hall, Heather Poole, Heather Marshall, um, Mark Hammermeister, Jeff Hopkins, of course, John Janke, Mike Tabor, Lise, Joe Hopkins, Kevin Behan, Maddie Kinnon, uh, Pavlova, Amelia, Michael Daniel, Jen Moyer, Jessica Bishop, Liz Evans, Brenda Deutsch. Stacy Lynn, haven't seen her in a while. Jeff Jeffrey Dolan, Marion Buckwald, Jennifer Miller, Susanna Sheldon, Genesis, Ramoni Howard, Skip Fayou, the lovely, lovely Callie Jones, Brandy D, Sandy Smizer, Dan Hamer, Norma DiMaggio, Karen Alden, Angie L, Amber Trevino. Carla Nelson White. You know, Carla is something else, Timmy. Carla I mean, is my good friend. We've been friends for 30 years. Girl, the girl looks like she's 30 years old. Yeah, she does. She I never mean, ages. Just, she no, looks she does amazing. not. And, and really nice teeth. Yeah, she's Really beautiful. nice teeth. Carla's beautiful. Jessica Winchester, Anita Darden, Nancy Weller, Kirsten Andreasen, Valerie Murray, Tammy Ennis, uh, Leah McAllister, Steph Poling. Laura Meredith, Beverly, or I'm sorry, I'm going too soon here. Kelly Cowell, Jennifer Svoboda, Lauren Meredith, Nina, of course, from... Yeah, already gone. She already was, gone? Uh, she was nice enough to have me uh, do read a part on her 
podcast this past week. So if you get a chance, oh, to she asked you, but not the girl. Yeah, because I did a better job. Anyway, it's already gone. Uh, podcast. She did. She released a podcast this week on uh, Susan Smith. You remember Susan Smith? Oh, that would have been a depressing yeah. what to do. Well, it, yeah, but it's interesting. So it is check, interesting. Definitely check out Already Gone if you get a chance. Thank you, Nina, for asking me. Sophia Panna, yeah, I'm a little disturbed that you didn't ask me instead, but that's okay because I got my own appointments. And mm-hmm. s- you got your own team there, Colonel. Come, Continue. Yeah. Aaron Shipley, Jay Alford, Hollywooded, Ali Nett, Deborah Chappelle, Danielle Jones, um, Brittany Danielle Martin, Jones from, from uh, The Girls. Just Between, just or, between sorry, Us Girls. Between Us Girls. I they did screwing, a video the other day. Yeah, I keep screwing up their name. It's Between Us Girls podcast. Yeah. really funny. Check it out. I like to get between those girls. I right, continue, Colonel. Um, so Be if careful. you, you know, if that's a possibility, no, no, no. just let the Colonel know. It don't, don't. Margot Margo Donahue, Jamie Metcalf, Meg Vasil, Allison Schneider, Sarah Taylor. Um, Amber Amber Anderson, Rachel Hummel, Lauren Mayer, Molly Fontenot, Shonda Board, Melissa Montoya. Another softball player, Timmy. She just Melissa's a Patreon supporter. Yes. Thank you, Melissa. Stacy Gutierrez, Tim Hale, Donnie Young, Melanie Young, James Rion, Alan Dobbs, Andaza, Carol Nash, Elizabeth Brault, Mark Farman. Kimberly Kimes, Chris Swanson, Andrea Odell, lovely Irish girl, Christina Batchelor, another new listener, Rob Roy, George Huckler. Uh, let's see where we're at here, Timmy. Oh, now we uh, team Colonel Timmy, the Colonel crew. Okay. Um, the lovely Angie Ball, very lovely. Sarah lady. Spaghetti, Jim Burdick, Karen Barnes. I called her, now last time I said Janice Fitzgerald. I don't know what the hell is wrong with me. Janet Fitzgerald. Lovely, lovely. Janice, Janice is a busy woman trying to, she's back in school mm-hmm. doing all kinds of stuff. She's very so. talented. Oh, she's, so you, we're, we're thinking about you and you can do that. You can, you, you can do it. Yes. What did the guy say? You can do it. So, uh, hang in there, Janet. Frances Doughton. Now she's a she's Lovely a true lass. beautiful Irish lass. Yes, but she knows where Wells is. No, I'm sure she does. Jessica Williams. That's another beauty from Chicago. From Chicago, Amanda Bocci. Although Jennifer's not originally not from Chicago, um, she's a transplant. Okay. Um, she I heard her see that in the put. I forget what she said she All was right. from. Amanda Bocci Ball. Shannon, you know, you know, we're still thinking about you and your little girl, Shannon Rossert. um, A devastating loss of her grandmother. Sorry to hear that. And it's and she's struggling with that. But you have your daughter, and you two hold on to each other there. But we're thinking about you, Tiffany. Of course, Tiffany Bell, Monica Diagostino, Scotty. Of course, Scotty J. Angela Cobes. The lovely Radika Smith. I don't think she's on your team. Timmy, she has admitted it on the uh, thing. I'm going to have to ask her. We'll ask her flat out on the page. Um, <laughs> another lovely new Irish lass we have on that has assigned herself to team Colonel Rachel Marie Flynn. Okay. Um, you give a shout out to Annette Petre. Yeah, I got her. Okay. Um, of course, Jennifer Siemens, who is Jennifer another. Jennifer and declare. her mother, Linda. 
No, we got to split them up because Linda is Team Devil. All right. She cannot be in with. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, Jen Wicks, mm-hmm. of course. Jen Wicks from Nashville. The New Yorker from Nashville in Nashville. Um, lovely Liz Keating. Um, of course, of course, a lovely, beautiful. I really don't think you've got that many people and on your team. Timmy, I'm telling you, they they, right. self, they they self declare okay. declare this. All right. Um, and and yes, this girl right, she's my mascot, Timmy. A lovely Fallon. One of the prettiest girls you're ever going to see in your life, lovely Fallon. Um, and of course, I got the three big guns, Timmy. Mm-hmm. Nicola. Yes, Nicola Reed. My beautiful counselor from uh, from Scotland. Mm-hmm. She's drunk all the time, but she's she's yeah, a good lawyer. That's all right. Um, and Charlie and Allie. Yes. Charlie and Allie from podcast. the Insight Podcast. Who, uh, we do not have a blood feud. We do it. have a blood feud, but it's only going to... You know what? We decided to call truce until CrimeCon. Okay. And it's going down to CrimeCon. All right. And we will... Uh, Hopefully, see Allie and Charlie at CrimeCon. That's really the only yes, reason we're I'm looking going forward to, meet, to meeting meet so many uh, Allie and Charlie and a lot of our listeners. Hopefully, at you know what? It, it's funny. It's June in um, Indianapolis this year. And for me, you know what? The thing I like about a lot of our listeners, but especially Allie and Charlie, is that um, you know because they have these young kids, mm-hmm. and you and they they tend to you know most of their posts tend to on their private pages tend to be about their kids and about right. their children and and they have so they have some adorable kids too. Yes, they do. And it's just fun because Beautiful I kids. I think back to when my kids were like that, that age. You know, that yeah. age. Although Charlie, you know, she's got them across the spectrum. She's got right. you know, I think Charlie's got kids 18 years old. No, I don't, I don't I mean, know if they're at all. Wide range. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah, they're they're wider range. Yeah, she's got a wider range yeah. and Allie's just more, getting used to hers doing she, the more younger children. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ellie just had a... They're all beautiful kids. Wonderful. And Terry Helmsley, if I didn't get her, but... Yeah, Terry's um, fun. And Kimberly Cameron. Of course. Hope I didn't miss her. Um, but yeah, it's... it's I, You know, the funnest thing for me about doing this podcast, Timmy, is all, all these goofy-ass people you meet on the page. Yeah, we got a lot of great folks on our page. It's History Dweebs, the podcast. So it's a podcast group, or it's a Facebook group, History Dweebs, the podcast. So please join us. And you got two more, Colonel. Oh, of course. Lady Beverly, who is not doing as well. Um, um, she's not, you know, she's just feeling a little under the weather. We'll get- but she has Sir Sully the Brave taking care of her. Yeah, that's good. And uh, lovely, the wonderful, the one and only, really the Dean Martin of podcasting, Timmy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Dottie Scott. Okay. My mom. She's no, not Dean Martin. She's a Frank Sinatra, Timmy. Uh huh. Dottie's just cool as hell. It, she is a wonderful mother. Didn't you left out Elise? No, I didn't leave out Elise. I got her. All right. All right. All right. We've got some new listeners. I don't know if you got everyone or not, but Richard Roy, John Cunningham, thank you for I listening. I got Rob Roy. I'm sorry. Uh, so ri- Yeah, Richard Roy. But anyway, Richard Roy, okay. if we didn't give you a shout-out, you would like a shout-out, please let us know. Join our Facebook group, History Leaves the Podcast Facebook group, and we will make sure to include you in future shout-outs. Um, you can find us on uh, Facebook, either at History Dweebs, the podcast. That's the group where we interact with uh, all of our listeners. Or you can find us on History Dweebs, the Facebook page, where we just post some history-related stuff. Oh, uh, you know who I forgot, Timmy? Who? 
more important, uh, very important one because I forgot to move her over to Team Colonel, and is Jamie Tarantino. Ah, uh, yes, the lovely Jamie, Jamie T. Yes, very talented Jamie Tarantino. Um, so join us on on Facebook at face on our Facebook group page, History Dweebs the Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at History Dweebs One. Uh, if you're listening to us on iTunes, please take a minute, subscribe, and leave us a review. That's how people find us. KC left us a five-star review. Thank you, KC Hood. We appreciate it very much. And, uh, Colonel, any final words while we get out of here? Brandy's nope. enjoying her lunch. Yeah, we'll let Brandy go. You don't want to get she between just, her and her know, lunch. She just flipped and, the bird. Uh, um, uh, no, you know, this was – this was some good came out of this – Personally, it depends on how you feel. I could kill somebody for harming people in my family, but in theory, I'm against capital punishment because yes. it goes wrong so many times. And this was a good example of it, and it's good that that came out of it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, I'm generally opposed to it as well because I just don't think the state should have the right to take a life. But uh, when you know some of these stories recover, you can certainly. You know, yeah, it reminds I'm not me. Of, march. It reminds <laughs> me of True Detective. The first, I love that show. The first season where he just walks out and shoots a guy in the side of the head, and he's done with him. And you know, so many people just have that coming. They yeah. deserve it. So many of these people yeah. recover, but the problem becomes maybe one of them didn't do it. Yeah, and, and like in this case with um, Timothy Evans. Yeah. So I. I it's a yeah. It's a, and you know the other thing is is it once you so put somebody in prison without you know no chance of parole or anything else, mm-hmm. you ain't got all these appeals you're paying for, right? You yeah. know, I mean, yeah. There's a there's a lot of uh, back and forth. As a as a colonel and a member of the Church of the Latter Day Colonels, mm-hmm. um, you believe you, in forgiveness. You hoped it as somebody is in that cell did they find Jesus, Timmy? Right. And that they uh, repent for their sins and put themselves on the correct path. Like if the not, devil hasn't done. She's never would, done that to me. You would give him colonel justice. Oh. Then we would give him colonel justice. You got a choice. You repent or you get the colonel justice. All right. You? Let's get out of here. Thank you for joining us, everyone. We'll see you next time on History Dweebs. Good Bye. day. Bye, everyone. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.